Facebook page, we have been uploading videos, trying to let people know about what we've been talking about. And I want you to know, I just found out from Orlean, we had a sister down in Huntsville who's been ranting and raving about following us. There are a number of people, uh, although we are the only ones in this room, there are probably about 300 people who are watching us online tonight. People are interested in trying to discover their relationships out, how to manage their relationships. Understand, I'm not, look, I mean, look, really. You know, it amazes me. Sometimes people say, preacher, we're not preaching enough doctrine. We're not dealing with enough doctrine in the church. Um, let, me, let me help you out with something. Um, what good is prophecy going to do you if you don't know how to control yourself? <laughs> if you don't know how to treat your wife, your spouse, if you can't walk in holiness as it relates to temptation. And for what, I'd, like to, I'd like to respectfully disagree with those critics who would seem to suggest that talking about sex is a waste of time. Uh, no, you're wasting our time by telling us that sex is a waste of time. That's what you're doing. And you're block, you blocking progress, especially when your children are struggling with this thing. We're going to look at some statistics tonight to show you how deep this thing is. Um, and, and I want to first start by just rewinding a little bit. Akil is passing out to you right now, just a little card. I want you to have this so that you'll be aware that it is a problem. Uh, now, I'm going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself tonight. I'm telling you now that sexual, sexuality in our world right now has spun out of control, all right? But I'm going to tell you in a minute that sex is really not the problem, all right? It's really not the problem. As a matter of fact, the enemy would have us to be more preoccupied with sex than a whole lot of other stuff, and really sexuality is not the problem. But for the sake of our discussion tonight, for those who are tuning in, our theme has been church sex, church sex. And somebody said to me, Pastor, that's blasphemous. It's blasphemous. How can you put church and sex in the same sentence? As a matter of fact, you have attached both words together. Well, that's where they're supposed to be. Unfortunately, one of the reasons why so many of us are perverted and corrupt is because the church has not done a good job at teaching on relationships. I, I ran into a young man the other day, former member of this church, and, and this is what he said. I mean, don't judge him. This is, what's his, this is his vantage point. Don't judge the man. Just let the man say what he says. He says he joined this church. Um, he, he grew up in this church, uh, got a sister pregnant in the church, married the sister and because the old school way was, because you get somebody pregnant, you got to marry them. That's the old school way, right? Don't make no sense. Don't even know if those folks are supposed to be together in the first place. But uh, since you got, got them pregnant, go ahead and get married. Now, some of y'all trying to th figure out who it is. What, the good thing is, is, it's happened to so many folk <laughs> that you probably would never be able to figure out who it is. All right? So, so homeboy said he got married and, 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 and did not marry under the right reasons. And sooner or later, his marriage fell apart. And so what the church did was the church start dissing because he got divorced. So you can't have it both ways. You can't force somebody to get married uh, indirectly, and then when they get married and the marriage don't work, you can't judge them for getting divorced. Now, come on, how did that, that doesn't make much sense to me. We got to start teaching people. Oh, help me, God, tonight. We got to start teaching people how to live from the Bible. Don't we can't tell folks just figure it out. Can't tell them the whole life. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. And then when they get married, have sex. You tell them all before they get married. Sex is evil. Sex is evil. Sex is evil. Then they get married, and you say, go ahead, have as much sex as you want to. Listen, man, you're confusing me. What is it? Is it evil or is it not evil? And if it is good, then, 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 then why is it good? Tell me from the Bible. And one of the things I've discovered, this didn't, I did not intend for this study to be like a month-long study. I just said, 40 for families over. I'm going to get into a little bit about sexuality. As I began to study, I'm like, yo, this is a sexual guidebook right here. There you go. 
The word of God is a sexual guidebook. Why are we walking around in such ignorance? Why is there so much brokenness? Why are people repeating so many behaviors from previous generations? And the, and the only answer I can give you is that we have neglected the word of God on this thing. The Bible says very clearly, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of what, everybody? For a lack of what, everybody? For a lack of knowledge. I was talking with a brother in my office today, and I'm saying all this in preamble. And one of the things I had to share with them, and, you know, it blows my mind. I'm starting to see Christian couples, Christian couples, Christian couples. Like, y'all heard what I said, right? What kind of couples did I say? Christian couples. Okay. Like, Christian couples are, are scaring me with some of the practices that they're doing. Like, like, y'all not even fighting the devil. You just setting yourself up, you know, like, devil, come and get me. Like some of the practices we have, and one of the things I'm discovering is that people are literally walking in biblical ignorance. It's not all rebellion. Some folks say they're just rebellion. They don't, they ain't listening. They ain't doing right. They know better. Really? No, I don't think they do. You can't consider a person to know the Bible simply because you taught them. And most of us only know the Bible because somebody told us something. We don't know the Bible because we have studied for ourselves. We're simply just going off of what somebody else told me. We know this ain't right. We, we quote stuff. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. I'm too blessed to be stressed. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. None of those are Bible texts. None of those are from the scriptures. We don't know the Bible. And so our lives simply reflect that we have no knowledge. And the Bible says without a vision, without revelation, the people perish. So let's just chalk it up right now. Let's just all admit it. The bottom line, we don't know the word. We don't know what the word says on this. When, when people come up to me and say dumb stuff, like, like, like it's inappropriate to have sex on Sabbath. Like, I mean, what Bible are you reading? Where did you get that? Who told you that? You've been missing out on some 52 days out of the year. <laughs> wow. Look, man, some of, y'all, <laughs> some of y'all need to have sex on Sabbath. So when you come up in here, I'm talking about you married folk, you need to. So when you come up in here, you won't look like sourpusses like you do. Lord have mercy. Take care of each other before y'all get here so y'all have some, some be able to praise God. <laughs> Next. Let's rewind. Number one, one of, we, one of the things we learned last week is sex is what? We understand that. How do we know sex is good? Because who created it? God did. All right. Next thing we discover is that the best sex ever, the best sex ever, we talked about what is the best sex ever. It includes three people. Now, some of y'all carnally minded people are like, oh, menage a trois. No, we're not talking about that. The best sex ever includes three people. That's husband, wife, and God. And there are some married folk. The Bible says that the marriage bed is holy and undefiled. There are some marriage people. There are some people who are married who have never brought God in their bedroom. And so you never you never had great sex. You don't know what it's like. It's impossible to have great sex without God in the bedroom. You can't take your old perverted mindset and bring it into the bedroom. Tried that. Didn't work. Next, sexual perversion. And this shook some of us up. I asked you. By the way, I'm just asking you now. What is it? What is it? Uh, how do you know that you are sexually perverted? When the first thing that you think about when you think about sex is not God. <laughs> oh, yeah. If God created sex and, and when you think of sex, God does not come somewhere remotely near the picture, then then you are perverted sexually. And most of us are. Now, I'm not saying that you are a, a, you're a bestiality type person, that you, you, you're this, you're that. There are levels of perversion. But understand this. Don't sit up here and act all holy. Many of us have very deranged preconceptions, perverted ideas about sex. 
If you get uncomfortable when the conversations of sex come up, either it's because something happened to you or because you have the wrong mentality as it relates to sex. I wish that the conversations that I'm now having with my children, and you, uh, and by the way, man, you can't wait till they're teenagers. <laughs> it's these, 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 these kids right here, they know way more about sex. <laughs> see, that's the, that's the, she said than we do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> but see, that's the notion. They think they do because they're exposed to so much more than we are. But that's all right. If they pay attention tonight, they're going to realize they really don't know nothing about sex. One thing I'm learning about the longer I'm married is, is that uh, sex is just like uh, a never-ending school. There you go. <laughs> it amazes me how dudes, y'all forgive me. It amazes me. Can I just be free tonight? It amazes me how dudes just think, I mean, I'm just awesome in bed. I'm just a man. How are you the man? Because I've been with this sister. I've been with that sister. I've been with that sister. Understand, psychologists, scientists, theologians all agree. Studies have been done. There's no way you can be good in bed unless you're with one woman for an extended period of time. You can't be good in bed unless you're monogamous. Did y'all hear what I said? Why, Why no amens? Does anybody know what I just said there? Okay, I'll explain it. You cannot be good in bed unless you learn one woman. You cannot take your experience with Sally Mae and your experience with, jo- with, 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 with Jimmy John and take that experience and bring it to a different person and think you're going to be good in bed with them. The only way you can have that mindset is if you have a perverted mindset which simply sees sex as an orgasm. The Bible says in John 15, 5, and this, I, love, I love to put this up here. The Bible says, apart from me, you can do what? Now, when we see that text, we're always like thinking, ah, uh, yeah, you know, that, that relates to the study of the word. You know, that relates to, to, to living a godly life. You know, I cannot, I cannot praise God the way, I, the way I should without God in my life. I cannot be kind to others without God in my life. You can't have sex right. The Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> You can do nothing. That includes everything. Can I get an amen in here? Uh, I know I got to ask for him. Tonight we're going to talk about self-sex. Now, I'm going to shake you up real quick with this comment. It is possible from a biblical perspective to have self-sex without masturbating. The definition of self-sex is not just masturbation Although masturbation falls under self-sex, self-sex is basically self-serving sex, and self-serving sex is what is being promoted and being taught by the world that we live in. Self-serving sex basically says, I have desires, I need to get mine. There are some husbands that have sex with their wives, but they are just using their bodies to have sex with themselves. Oh, yeah. Hey, Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we review just a little bit, remember now, 
the beauty of sex, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but the beauty of sex is when you have two, two godly individuals who live in God's presence, who are in a covenant relationship with God, that simply seek to please the other spouse. They, their, their physical motivation is how can I spiritually and physically please this sister? How can I physically and spiritually please this brother? Period. It ain't about getting yours. The Bible says in Romans 8.26, and this is where we want to go today. Notice what the scripture says. Read with me, everybody. In the, oh, come on, come on. That's somebody. Help me out. My, even my folk in, in, in media land is responding to me. Come on, wake up, y'all. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't let the enemy steal this word from you. The Bible says together in the same the helps us in our weaknesses. Now, I want to be the first to say this tonight. This is very serious stuff. Being somebody who has been delivered from the snare and the struggle of sexual sin, one of the things that is a misnomer about sin in general is that when I come to Christ, I'm just supposed to be over this. This is one of the reasons why people don't talk about sex in church. Because the assumption is, is once you got baptized, you're not supposed to have no struggles no more. You're supposed to be done with that. I mean, you can, you can still, like in the church, this is the unwritten rule, you can struggle with pride, you can lie a little bit, you I mean, a little white lie, but you can't struggle with sex. You can't be lusting after nobody and be born again. Understand what the scripture says. The Bible says, in the same way, the spirit does what? The, the Greek word for helps there is literally gives us the picture of a nurse that tenderly cares for a sick person until they're well. Has anybody ever had a relative that's been sick, that's had a terminal illness, or that's had a long, a long-standing illness? One of the things that's needed when somebody is 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 sick in that way is that they need constant what? Constant care to move them to what? To healing. In other words, the doctor just can't walk in and, and, and just throw some medicine at them. And once they get the medicine, they're well and they move on. When it comes to sexual sin, I'm going to tell you right now, please hear me now. Oh, God, help me. The, the sexual sin, the Bible says, uh, he, the Bible actually gives us, uh, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Bible says the, 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 the admonition, the counsel that the Bible gives. I want everybody to hear this right now. Here is the advice that the Bible gives about sexual sin. It says, flee. <laughs> That's it. I mean, there's nothing, there's no like, there's, there's no detail. It doesn't say like, give you three points. It says run from sexual immorality. Why? Because all other sins, a man sins outside of his body, but sexual sin, the Bible says, is against your own body. This is what the scripture is saying. Understand, I'm telling you from personal experience, I beg you to hear me today because I'm talking as a man who, who, whom, the, whom the power of God, hear me now, God had, through the Spirit, God had to nurse me. God is still nursing me. I am still, oh, y'all don't want to talk to me in here tonight. God is still walking me through the process of healing. And I don't care what the sin is, whether it's sexual sin, whatever it is. Don't, don't trip. Don't come out here and act like just because you've been in church for a little while, like you still ain't looking at a woman's behind. I ain't going to let you sit up here and play me like that. <laughs> Sister, don't sit up here and act like you don't fantasize about dudes that's not your husband. I will not allow you to look at me crazy and act like that don't go down. 
Whatever your sickness is or your situation, just the good news is, is that we got a Holy Ghost, hallelujah, hallelujah, a, uh, the Spirit of God. The Bible says he's the comforter, but I like this, this uh, d- uh, description of the Spirit. The Spirit is a nurse, a doctor that walks us through the process of healing. I don't know about you. I need that. I need a God that's going to be patient with me. I didn't mean to get excited this soon, but I got to praise God for his, for his patience, for his long-suffering, for his mercy endurance forever. My God does not simply say, you should have been better. Why are you still in that? He said, no, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you until you are healed. I'm going to be in the hospital day after day. I'm going to feed you myself until you go. Oh, come on. So I want to be clear on this. The sexual thing is deep, y'all. It's not just your genitals. It's not you just horny. I mean, I, I don't know why y'all laughing. Y'all know me by now to know that it's going to come out of my mouth. All right? Now, let me illustrate, let me illustrate this way, this thing about sex. This particularly applies to men. Uh, you ever been to, like, uh, like, Best Buy, and they have HD TVs up there? Everybody know, like, you know, see this TV here. And they'll have an HD TV next to a TV that's not HD. And then, more than likely, you got that TV that's not really that, you know. Whenever you bought your HD TV, you saw that TV next to another TV, and you was like, oh, shoot, I got to step it up. Look at the picture. The picture is totally different. But one of the things I discovered, I remember when I first went and bought an HD TV, I bought the TV, brought it back home, plugged it up into, into my receiver, my DirecTV receiver, and, and I was like, oh, I'm about to get a tight picture. Oh, I'm about to watch the Cowboy games now, and the picture's going to be tight. I mean, I'm, I'm going to invite the fellas over. Man, when I turned that thing on, there was no HD. It looked just, I was, I was like, oh, snap. Yo, I got robbed. They told me this was HD. How come my picture is still dull? And you've been to my house. The picture's clear now, ain't it? The picture is clear now, right? I didn't know that in order for an HD TV to work appropriately, you need three things. You need a signal. I had that, but you need the right receiver. I had to upgrade and I had to get an HD receiver. And you need the appropriate monitor. I had the monitor. My problem was the receiver. When it comes to sexuality, it operates in three phases. There is a signal given. And there has to be a receiver, that's you or your brain, and then there's a monitor that's the inside of your brain, the amygdala, where you are replaying thoughts in your mind, and generally these thoughts is what leads to your behavior. I got to be clear on this tonight. Nobody acts outside of thoughts. Everything that drives our lives is based on the thoughts that we think. If you're nasty, it's because you got nasty thoughts. If you're, if you're mean to people, it's because you got mean thoughts. Everything begins with our brains. And so my question tonight is, what signals are you getting in? And what kind of receiver are you have? And are you spreading? Are you replaying these thoughts on your monitor? Y'all feel me tonight? Here are a few stats, and I don't want to run through them all, but let's pick these up. I got to put some stuff in your hand. Check out Teens. I'm going to blow your mind. Just so you know that we ain't up here wasting time. Let's talk about sex. Ha, 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 ha. Nah, I'm coming against the enemy. And I believe by the grace of God, somebody's going to be set free. American ages. Look at this teen card. It says American ages 13 to 18 spend more than 72 hours a week using electronic media. All right. Now, slow down. 
It's not meant for you to see it on the screen. I just put it up there to remind myself. But if you have a card, defined as the Internet, cell phones, television, music and video games. Now, many of us have given our kids, we've given our kids smartphones. All right. OK, I ain't mad at you. You bet. What if that's like giving your child a gun? And you have not taught them or understand how they're using it. This thing is a blessing. I'm not saying don't give it to them. My daughter's already asking for it now. How old is she? Like nine? <laughs> so I understand. I'm not, I'm not at phone. But no, 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 that there's some stuff coming in here. And you have got to be vigilant and check and see what your kids are up to. Let me, uh, 87% of all teens are online. One in seven youths receive sexual solicitation online. The average age of first internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old. That's the average age. So let's just, let me just get out here. Every kid in here has seen porn. Okay? We cool? Are we, are we all together? All minds clear? Are we clear? We good. Every kid in this church, in this room right now, at least 90% of them has seen porn. Now, they haven't told me this. I just know they have. Especially if they got one of these. And guess what? The crazy thing is, a lot of them have not seen commercial porn. A lot of them have seen created porn by their own friends. It's called sexting. So it's a new porn now. Back in the day, we, I mean, come on, old school folk. Look, man, the devil was so slick back then. I mean, I mean, to go get porn, you had to, you know what I'm saying, you had to go to the store and buy it. <laughs> you couldn't, come on. <laughs> You had to go get a magazine, you know what I'm saying, walk out so nobody could see you. I mean, come on now, man. I mean, the enemy has straight made this joint easy now. You had to go into a purple store with, with black windows nobody could see it, you know what I'm saying. The lion's den on the side of the road. <laughs> now, all you, you, can, you can be in church. <laughs> Look at that poor. A friend of mine called me the other day and said, dude, man, I don't know what to do, man. This sister just sent me these photos. Like, I, mean, I said, y'all kicking? I mean, what, how did that? Man, we just met each other and she sent me photos. Men, let's look at the men. Let's look at the men one. <laughs> now, look, brothers, I ain't going to try to wail on you because we always pick it on the dudes. But let me just see some stuff. Here comes some st stuff on men. Men are responsible for $4.9 billion of internet, of internet pornography sales. Now, 10% uh, of adults admit to internet sexual addiction. Now, 10% admit. 50% of pastors, Christian pastors, are addicted to pornography. It's not on here. <laughs> he's like, he's a racist. <laughs> oh, you got, you got to read my, you got to read my new book coming out. Yeah, yeah. But Google that online. Google, matter of fact, the good thing I like about now that you can check me online. Look up now on your phones. Between forty and fifty percent of Christian men struggle with pornography, pastors included, addicted. But really, I mean, to say that one out of two men struggle with looking at porn is not a stretch. That shouldn't blow nobody's mind. All right, men are already stimulated by sight. Now they have pornography, which is the new crack cocaine of sexuality. So it's just easy access, which we'll get to in a minute. Women. I don't have to. Uh, can, I, can I fast forward? Because I'm going to talk about the women at the end. All right. Women are like the new purchasers of porn. We have more and more sisters who are addicted to porn. 
I'm having sisters on the internet hitting me up through Facebook saying, I heard your testimony. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with sexual addiction, yada, yada, yada. It used to be seen that sexual addiction, pornography, et cetera, was just a dude's problem. But understand those days are over. Our sisters are struggling in this area as well. And we're starting to see how sisters' mentality is starting to become much like dudes. Men were known to be players and to run in and have no feeling and to, and to, to be with a woman and go the next day. Look, man, the world is so wicked now that all bets are off. Men and women are heartless when it comes to this thing. Their hearts are becoming hard. And by the grace of God, here are a couple of things. Four A's on porn that you need to understand. Four A's that has made porn the new crack cocaine of this age. I call it the new crack cocaine because, let me write this down. When crack cocaine hit the streets many years ago, most of you know cocaine was like an expensive drug. Everybody couldn't get cocaine, right? People were dying off, ODing off heroin. So cocaine became the drug of choice. And of course, I mean, whoever put it together decided we're going to find an ingenious way to make a potent high only for $20. And when crack cocaine, anybody remember when it hit the streets in Cleveland around the 80s? When crack cocaine hit the streets, there was mass murder and mayhem. Drug dealers, were, I, mean, I mean, people were crossing each other. It created a frenzy. And so now pornography is being called by most sociologists and behavioralists as the new crack cocaine of this era. And this is why, number one, pornography is accessible. Like I told you before, it was hard to get porn before. Now you can get it anywhere, anytime. And the next thing we discuss is that pornography is affordable, which means you don't have to pay a dime for it. When I looked at porn, I never paid to look at porn. Never. You don't have to pay to look at it. Number three, next thing we discovered is remote work. Ah, now here's the thing. Pornography is anonymous. Oh, man. This is what gives it power. What I mean by, y'all know what I mean by anonymous? You can do it. And nobody, nobody's got to know about it. I'm telling you, uh, the, I mean, a crackhead. No, people know he's a crackhead. It doesn't matter. Look, after, I know some provisional drug addicts who know how to functional drug addicts who know how to function. You know what I'm talking about? They, I mean, there was a brother that used to live in our house. He was addicted to heroin for years. A computer information systems guy could handle his business on the job, could, but, but got high all the time. But there are some folks you just know they strung out. You can't really do that with pornography. You cannot look in a room and say he's struggling with porn. She's struggling with porn because it's a kind of sin that keeps you anonymous. And that's the danger of it. I'm going to pause here and say this. The worst sins, the most powerful, I should say, the most powerful, most difficult sins to overcome are the sins that are secret sins. I'm telling you, if there's no shame to it, if nobody has to know about it, then you can simply do what you do and get away with it, and there's nobody to check you. One of the things I've heard Bishop Jake say is he says one of the things about mold, he says mold only grows in darkness. The minute you put light on it, it has to go away. I'm telling you right now. The thing about this sin in particular, I'm going to tell you right now, you'll see at the end, you, one of the first things you have to do if you struggle with any sexual sin is you have to tell somebody. You have to take, you have to take the darkness over it. If you struggle in secret, you will struggle forever. Number four. Now, watch this. Y'all ready for this? Pornography is aggressive. What do I mean by that? Whereas you have to go 
to the crack man, hit him with 20, 10, 15, and say, give me a rock. You, got, you know where he is. You got to find the dude. Uh, whatever the thing is, you got to go find it. If you commit, if you if you commit, if you having an adulterous relationship, you got to go to that sister. Here, the thing, the thing is about pornography. Now, hear me now, especially parents. Hear me. It's aggressive, which is to say, it looks for you. You can be minding your own God's business, looking at a godly website, click the wrong ad, and a woman's breast come on the scene, a man's genitals. Come on the scene. You click one, then another one comes up. You click that one off, then another one comes up. I'm telling you right now, these individuals in this business are predators, and their number one design is to get you hooked so they can get paid. And so, like, you're on TV, and, and like, I'm watching games now, and all the advertisements is about ED, sexual dysfunction. Viagra and Cialis have taken over the commercials. My kids is watching TV. I mean, this is daytime television. And they're like, Daddy, what's the ED? I'm like, baby. <laughs> baby, I don't know yet. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> but one but I don't need to get out there. You know what I'm saying? So sex is everywhere. And has anybody ever seen the Herbal Essence commercial? I wanted to show it tonight, but it might, it might have taken somebody. Homegirl is in the grocery store, and she's looking at this shampoo, and, and she begins, she's like, oh, woo, ah. She's like, she's having, this is what they say, she's having an organic experience. You get to play on words, suggesting that she's having an orgasm, and it's like she's having an orgasm because she's putting shampoo in her hair. Now, y'all forgive me, y'all. I put shampoo in my hair a whole lot of times. And I, I was not the most pure-minded person, but I ain't never got lifted <laughs> off some shampoo. But they're trying to even sell shampoo and then Axe deodorant. I mean, deodorant. Y'all seen Axe. I mean, they, I mean, I mean your homeboy puts the deodorant on. I mean, he's a loser, too. I mean, they intentionally put the loser guy on there. The, the, the dweeb, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, chicks are coming from everywhere. They're throwing their clothes off just because of the dude's deodorant. Can I help some brothers out here today? You can put Axe on until you are dead. That will not hook you up with ladies. And then your boy coaxed him. Turn me on to this one today. And I did see it. I just did. I had forgotten about it. Mr. Plumber? Oh, my God. Yo, look. Man, they, there should be a law on this stuff right here. But this, this thing was so blatant. I'm like, is this about plumbing getting doo-doo out of my drain? Or is this about some sexual relationship that this woman is having with men coming to service her? How, what? Yo, so can I say something right now? Can, can I just say something? Can I help you out with something? Let us not be surprised that our generation is so sexual. Let's not be judgmental when our girls are getting, understand, bro, look, if you had to grow up in this generation, yeah, I know you was holy back in the 40s and in the 50s and 60s, but I'm telling you right now, it's hard to be holy living in 2012 when you got coming at you everywhere. You can't even sit and watch uh, the Cosby show, Lord have mercy. The reruns of the Cosby show without these kinds of commercials flooding your brain. And understand this now, and this is where I'm going. The enemy is trying to sell us sex, right? But know this, sex is like NyQuil. 
Sex outside of marriage is like NyQuil. What it's essentially doing, y'all know NyQuil. What did you take NyQuil because it's that nighttime, sniffling, coughing, come on, aching, breathing, so you can rest medicine. That's all I remember. Right? It's that, right? Now, does, does NyQuil cure, cure the common cold? No. What does NyQuil do? NyQuil simply pacifies the symptoms. It simply holds them symptoms down until the virus or until the cold passes. This is what modern day sex and pornography, extramarital sex is doing. It's simply a temporary panacea to keep people somewhat medicated because they will not deal with their real issues. And I'm telling you right now, sex is not the problem. It is a lie. 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 Sex is not. It's not sex. Sex is a cover up for deeper issues. Can I testify real quick? One the best thing that ever happened to me when I was coming out of recovery and coming out of my addiction to pornography is when I had a short five minute conversation with my father and my father began to talk and he began to share with me transparently about his particular struggles coming up as a man. And that connection that I made with him at that moment gave me clarity as to why somebody shout why as to why sex was an issue for me. It wasn't sex. I was simply using this to cover up deeper issues. Fresh girls, hot girls, these little young girls that can't keep, that they're always boy crazy. These are, these are girls that it's obvious they have no male in their life that has proven himself to be their daddy. Oh, and look, can I make the reverse? A man that is in and out of the bedrooms and that is thirsty for women and pornography and for extramarital sex. Here is a guy that misses a father. Oh, you just missed what I said. You thought I was going to say his mama, right? No, we have discovered that the main deterrent for people to walk in purity is not the mother relationship, but is the relationship of a godly man that fathers them. A woman cannot teach a man how to be a man. The only way, and a man is not a man because he turns 21. The only way that you become a man is when you are fathered. And they discovered that the way that a woman recognizes her identity is not so much by her mother, but by her relationship with her daddy. Are y'all feeling me in here tonight? We're making any sense. Sex is not the problem. Lust is. And I'm saying this tonight because there's somebody watching People, those of you that have been, been reaching out to me on Facebook and Twitter, those of you even here, you've been shooting me emails, those of you have been asking me questions, Pastor, I want to be free from this thing, I'm, I'm caught up, I can't stop. First thing that you need to understand is that the issue is not you not having sex or not acting out or not getting into porn and not masturbating. The enemy would have you to believe that the issue is the sex thing. That's not the issue, that's just NyQuil that you've been using to cover up deeper issues. I'm telling you now, once you discover what the root is, then you can treat the fruit. Before you can examine the circumference, you must get to the center of the issues. Hear me tonight. There are many, and this doesn't go just for sex. I need you to hear me tonight. There are many of us that have character issues and we think that our character issues are the things that we do when we act out in whatever way we do. I'm telling you, you have got God, help me tonight. Please help them to get this word. You have got to get to the root of who you are. This is what I'm saying. Sex problems really are self problems. 
More and more people are having self-sex. Selfish sex. Coping is what they're doing. The issue is self. Either pride or low self-esteem. Watch this. If you have low self-esteem, you ask another human being to do for you what no other person can do. People that are vulnerable to different relationships. I know some folk. They have to be with somebody. Y'all know anybody like that? No? Okay. I'll tell you about it. I got friends of mine. They go from one girlfriend, and when they break up with her, and in two months, they got to be with somebody else. They got to have somebody on the side. They got to be with somebody. There are many of us who cannot be alone. We are terrified of the idea of being alone because we are afraid of ourselves. Y'all, if any more young people walk out while I'm speaking, I'm going to ask three of y'all to go get them. This the wrong message to walk out on. Ain't time to go to the bathroom now. Amen, somebody. Amen. <laughs> I got old folk in here who ain't gone to the bathroom yet. It ain't that deep. I'm tired of that. These folks need to be seated when the word of God is being preached. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Amen. Especially on stuff like this. Let me continue. Um, to make you feel inadequate and able when you are already convinced that you are inadequate and unable. In other words, we're trying to use human beings to make us feel some kind of way about ourselves, but God never designed a relationship to do that for you. I'm amazed when people say uh, that marriage is two halves that make a whole. But if you got two half of people that's trying to make a whole, guess what? You don't really have no whole. You just got two half of people. You need some folk who know who they are and understand who they are. The Bible says, you know, one of the things that the scripture says is, he says, you must love others as you love yourself. Yeah. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. And I've come to discover, Carl, that the issue is that we have issues with ourselves. It's not them. It's you. I had somebody call me not too long ago, and they were saying, look, man, I'm struggling with this thing in my marriage. You know, and it just became clear as we began to talk through this thing, both of us had to admit the issue is us. Amen? The Bible says there is no fear in what? But perfect love drives out what? The enemy <laughs> is waging a fear-saturated war on your mind. Afraid of being alone. Afraid you're going to be a virgin for the rest of your life. Afraid you ain't going to have no kids. Afraid, 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 afraid. The scripture says this, though. The weapons, help me now. Demolish what? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the? Now, here it is. This is what I want you to get. You remember this, uh, uh, Tamika? You remember this? You, you shared this scripture. We take captive every what? Watch this now. Pastor, I'm struggling. I, I can't seem to get freedom over this thing. Stop trying to stop having sex and start trying to get God in your thoughts. Now, what I'm about to share at this point on till we close 
Can I just be honest with you? Two kind of people are going to emerge. The people that are so desperate that they want change and the people that just don't, you know, it ain't that deep for them. Because one of the things I discovered is on the road to my personal freedom as I work with people is it takes, watch this now, the Bible says you have to take captive every thought. Now, when you get the picture of taking captive, if this brother was an assailant trying to kill me, to take him captive, I don't say, come here, brother, let's, let me put you in jail. Join me. Come on, I'm going to take you. When you take captive of somebody, you have to use force. You have to wrestle that thing into submission. What I'm saying is, is some of the thought process we, processes that we have that cause us to act the way we act, we are just too laissez-faire about them. We don't fight thoughts. We don't take captive imaginations. We are not, we are not with effort. Somebody say effort. Not with effort warring against stuff in our homes and making it obedient to Christ. People are experimenting with different sexual fantasies in order to find the feeling. <laughs> now look, take it from somebody who has chased the feeling. One, listen, you know something is satisfying if once you've chased it, you don't have to keep chasing it. <laughs> That's the thing about sex. People have to keep, they have to keep chasing it to keep repeating the feeling. But guess what? I'm telling you right now, it ain't out there. Now, this is going to shake some, some folk up. Look, now I'm, I'm, I'm a married man. I believe in God's word. Y'all understand that? I love sex. I'm not ashamed of it. Love it. Love it and, and think God is pleased with the fact that I love it. Praise God. Yes. I ought to love it. If I don't love it, there's something wrong with me. All right? I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Are we clear on that? Love it with my wife. Love it. Understand this, though. Sex is overrated. As much as I love sex, sex don't pay bills. <laughs> sex, does not, sex does not heal brokenness in marriages. Let me, one of the things I thought, man, when I was struggling with poor for, before I got married, I thought, man, once I got married, I ain't going to struggle with sex, sexual sin no more and temptation. Just because you're getting more sex with your wife doesn't mean that it's going to take away your sin issues with sex. <laughs> uh, the feeling is still there. Some people think if you have sex with blank, then you'll be happy. Whoever that person is. All right? It won't happen. The, the, the feeling is too fleeting. It's not out there. Self-centered sex is not what, everybody? It's not godly sex. Biblical counsel on sex outside of marriage. We told you that. What does the scripture say about how we should handle pornography, sexting, stuff like that? What does it say? Flee. What's another word for flee? Run. Don't play with it. You know, you know. can't do that. You got like, to run. You got you to do a Joseph move. <laughs> Homegirl was like checking Joseph out. You know what I'm saying? Woo, Joseph. Well, look at them Hebrew muscles, boy. I see you. You know, and every day, every day she's working on him. Every day she's working on him every day. Don't think that was just a one-time thing. Look, man, they met, her and Potiphar's marriage was jacked up, man. She's working on that dude. Yeah, uh-huh. Hey. Uh-huh. She'll drop something. Yeah. Wake up. 
come out half-dressed. Joseph, you know, got it. And so one day, she felt, oh, this is my time now. I, I imagine she kicked everybody off the house. So look, servant, y'all go out in the yard and mow the lawn for the next two days. <laughs> Joseph is in there, man, doing his thing, minding his own business, man, just working, he, singing the praises of God. <laughs> you know, brother, he is not, he ain't studying that woman. That dude, listen, this dude just got out of, his brother sold him out. He's still mad. He's studying this woman. Man, he's doing his thing. Homegirl comes out, man. And I'm, I'm, listen, understand, my mind was in the gutter at one time, so maybe this is what's influencing this thought. I, I think homegirl came out there butt naked. <laughs> Look, whatever, whatever Bible story book you read, it ain't the truth. She did not come out there fully clothed, talking about come lie with me. Come on, come on, saints. That ain't real. Let's be real. Homegirl came out of that thing, and she strutted out there, and your boy Joseph was like, whoa! And she said, come and lie. And your boy Joseph, now this is how I know he's a man of God. Joseph did not kneel and pray. Come on, somebody. That's not the move right there. That's not the move. Homeboy Joseph said, yo. <laughs> homegirl, probably, homegirl probably tried to catch him for a little, but he bounced. She was insulted. Threw that boy in jail. But notice his response is based on the scripture. Scripture says you can't play with this thing. You can't let everything, this is the hard thing, you cannot let everything come on your television screen. Oh, somebody's going to be mad with me right now. There's a new show out right now called Scandal. Look, look, I'm telling you, the show, is it, is it entertaining? Yes, all day. I can't watch it. I can't. If I'm honest with myself, Oh, you know what? Ain't nobody gonna talk to me in here. Ah, I didn't have hitting on something now, ain't I? Oh my goodness. If you struggle, I'm telling you right now, if you struggle with lust you, and loneliness, you got no business watching a chick having an affair with the president with two gay people in the park. Oh, nobody wants to talk to me. How you gonna do that? And here's the thing about it. Some of us are in homes and we know the person beside us struggles with that thing and we're gonna sit and watch it Knowing that that thing is hurting the person. Oh, oh. See, understand, the, the steps, I'm telling you from somebody who had it, the steps that must be taken in order to be free generally are drastic steps. And I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but there are some of us who freaky. <laughs> it don't take much for us. We'll look at a piano and get excited. <laughs> now, I'm being facetious. But you know what I'm saying, though. Don't sit up there and bat your eyes at me. There are some of us that cannot, and I know I don't have to have an amen here. This is the word. There are some of us that cannot handle certain situations and environments. We cannot handle it. It will take us someplace. One of the things we got to remember, notice some of us think, oh, I'm pure, I'm pure. I ain't had sex in 10 years. Remember now. <laughs> remember the Bible says that you have, that adultery is not something that requires copulation and penetration. But the word of God says in Matthew, the fifth chapter, that you have committed adultery when you have done it in your mind. Don't kill the messenger. <laughs> Notice what James 1 says. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. And I want to say the opposite, that the devil tempted you. Can I throw something out here real quick? 
And all y'all out there watching, we don't need the devil to tempt us. Like that whole picture of a, a demon sitting on my shoulder saying, Myron, look at her. Myron, look at porn. I don't need that. I got enough in my flesh. Oh, come on in here, somebody. Oh, come on in here, somebody. So the enemy simply takes the desires that's already in you and he turns them on you. The devil ain't doing it. Notice he says, I am tempted from God. Notice what the scripture says for everybody reading. God is incapable of what? By what is what? And he himself tempts what? Now watch this. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited. I like that. Uh, by his what? By his own. All right. Thank you, James. Thank you for telling the truth. It ain't God. It ain't the devil. We've been baited. Oh, what's bait, y'all? Come on. Any fishermen out there, you throw that thing out there. You put that little worm. You put that little ta- You put that little thing at the end of there because you're trying to bait the fish to get it. And notice what he's saying. He said, crazy thing is, is the devil is not even baiting us. We are baiting ourselves. Delete your Facebook account. You need to. <laughs> I had a brother tell me, he's like, Pat, he's like, Pat, I'm about to delete my Facebook account. I was like, why? I was like, ain't nothing wrong with Facebook. I mean, it can be used for ministry, you know, you know. He's like, here, and he said, no, man, this is me. Because, see, look, man, I'm be honest with you. I use Facebook to go look at other people. And although they're not on there naked, he said, I'm lusting after other people. I'm looking at other people's wives. I'm checking out, oh, come on in here, somebody. I mean, is this, uh, am I going over somebody's head? Nobody knows what I'm talking about? Anybody? Okay. Yeah, I'm doing, in my mind, homeboy said, he said, in my mind, he says, if, if Facebook was real life, what I was looking at and how I was looking at them would be inappropriate in a real life setting. But see, Facebook allows me to be anonymous. I can check, I can, I can look at everybody's page. Nobody, but it's Facebook. So it's all right. They're friends. <laughs> These are my friends. <laughs> They're followers of mine on Twitter. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, we have to get past the physical, and we've got to get to the mental. What, here's my question. What are you doing? Pastor Kelly talked about triggers. What are some of the things that you are doing that just plays on the edge? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like a dude walking on a rope in between, like, the, uh, the key bank thing and Tower City, and I'm not going to fall. <laughs> but I got my eyes closed. And my hands behind my, no, dude, you, go, you are going down. And many people think that going down is actually doing that thing. I ain't had no sex with nobody. I ain't done this. I ain't treated my wife. It don't matter. The new thing now is get yours by yourself. And let's just be honest. You can't do porn and not do masturbation. <laughs> then the evil desire, <laughs> when it has conceived, gives birth to sin what gives birth to sin? What gives birth to sin? Come on, he, he's with me. What gives birth to sin? The evil desire. You haven't even done nothing yet. I hope y'all are receiving this. Almost done here. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, this is the Amplified Version, in view of all, I love this brother, the mercies of God, 
to make a decisive dedication. Uh-huh. To do what? Of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living what? Holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Amen? Now, notice how the Bible says we do this. It says, do not be conformed to this what? Fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. But be what? Changed by the entire renewal of your it's in here. I'm telling you. It is in here. I got to move on. I got to move on. Notice what Psalms 101 says. I will give heed to the blameless way. Did y'all just catch that? David is saying, look, I'm going to study righteousness. To give heed means to study, to consider. Look, how are you going to, help me with this, young folk. How, how are you going to be a good person and not make bad decisions if you don't study good people who make good decisions? Look, I, ain't, I don't got nothing against Nene. I don't got nothing against uh, my girl that used to be in ex, ex, Escape. I don't got nothing against the Housewives of Atlanta. Praise God for them. I'm just telling you, I don't got nothing with basketball-wise. Look, man, I'm, look, y'all, uh, y'all mad at me. I'm just telling you, you cannot, you cannot, by beholding, we become changed. You cannot look at garbage our minds are very simple. It's amazing. People always try to say, the mind is so complex. It is not. Whatever you put in, you're going to get out. There you go. Yo, you got that? You cannot look at mess and, not, and think that you somehow will not become what you are around. Notice what he says. He says, when you come to me, he says, I will walk within my house in the integrity of my what? In my heart. <laughs> in my house, too. Then he goes on to say, he says, now, Oh, Lord, this, this, I mean, this thing punched me right in the face. Boom. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. That's what I told you. This is a hard saying. This is a hard saying. You remember in the Bible when people were following Jesus and then he was like, yo, unless you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have no part with me. The Bible says from that day forward, many of them turned and, and, and left him. This is one of those words right here. Because I understand, look, I understand from a person who has gone through the pain of having to look his wife in the eye and say, I've been unfaithful. How, honey? Because I've been looking at porn. Same thing. Been struggling with porn. As a preacher, don't want to have that conversation. Don't want to have the thought that one day my son might struggle in and more exponential form with the sins that I have, I have carried. That's what, that's what you don't want to go through that. Yeah. I mean, my young folk, we don't think about this often. I didn't think about this as a kid, but now I'm seeing it now, now that my friends are having kids. However you are now is the kind of kids that you're going to produce. And the decisions that you're making right now are the, are the decisions that your kids are going to end up making. And so we're just having fun. It's just life is great. I'm not that serious now, Pastor. I'm just going, oh, man, I'm having a ball. I'm just, I'm just double dusting for Jesus right now. I mean, I'm just doing my thing. And one day when I get older, I'm going to be serious for God. And then when I get serious for God. But guess what? Some stuff is going to happen between now and then that you never planned for, that you never thought would happen, that, you, that, 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 that came suddenly upon you. And they are going to dictate the next 10 years of your life. You have got to, listen, you got to serve God now you got to check some stuff now because I'm telling you, I'm telling you. See, people don't want to hear it. I, I did not want to hear this as a kid. But I'm 36 years old now, just had a birthday two days ago. And I'm like, my goodness, time has gone by so fast. Thank God I'm not like some of my friends. 
I don't got baby mama drama. I'm not dissing anybody that does. Thank God I don't. I ain't paying alimony. I'm not paying child support. Praise God for those of you that do. Handle your business. But understand, if you can, if you can look, if you can go back and fix some stuff. I'm not saying you regret everything because God uses every situation that we've been through to make us who we are today. I'm not saying that you should take anything for your journey. But I'm saying if we could, re, if we could turn time back, there are some decisions that we would have done. Come on, talk to me in here. Come on and talk. There's some stuff we would have done differently because of what we know now. You know, I'm just use, I mean, I used to often think, Pastor Coxon, like now that, now that I'm 36 and I, I know so much more about the game of basketball now than I knew at 20. I, and I always say, I wish I had this brain with the physical attributes that I had at 16. Oh, man, D1, easy. Now, look, I'm not trying to gas myself. I'm telling you straight up. D1, my father, my father, because we we're Adventists, he would not let me get involved. I had people calling me left and right. Dude, I said, I'm telling you right now. But, if I, but see, the problem was I had the physical attributes, but I did not have the head. And I look at some kids, they playing ball, and they crossing up people. Ain't nobody standing there. <laughs> got him. Got him. Well, who you get? Ain't nobody there. Ain't nobody even digging you up. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> who got who? Their mind is not there. Understand what we're saying. I will set no evil thing before my eyes because I know one day I'm 17 now, I'm 15 now, but I'm going to be 40. <laughs> let me go, let me go. Let me, show you. Let me give you all some, some help on how to get out of this, all right? Uh, 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 y'all know this, as a man figure in his heart, mm-hmm, right? We know how we say now. Here we go. Laws of the mind. Brother asked me about this. Now, check out what your girl says. It is a law of the mind. Help me out. Help me with this, y'all. I don't want to lose my voice. It is a law of the mind that it will narrow or expand to the dimensions of the things with which it becomes familiar. Let me see. All right. Come on. That's, no, that's deep. We're going to work with it. The mental powers will surely become contracted and will lose their ability to grasp the deep meanings of the word of God unless they are put. Okay, all right, so let me, let me stay right here. In other words, whatever we become familiar with, in other words, whatever, look at your 24-hour day. What is your brain diet? Whatever your brain diet is, it's that which you become familiar. For example, um, how many of you guys like collard greens? All right. How many of you like sweet potatoes? How many of you like macaroni and cheese? All right. If you were born in China, you would prefer fried rice. You would prefer bok choy. You would prefer, if you were Korea, kimchi. But you know why you like the food that you like? Because you're familiar with it. That was your diet. That's what you were fed. The same thing works with our minds. Whatever, hear me now, whatever we make our brains familiar with. You can say all day long, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord, he is my savior, I'm going to serve him all the days of my life, I'm going to worship him while I'm watching this nasty show on TV, while I'm gossiping on the phone, and while I'm flirting with this guy on my job, I'm going to serve him all the way to glory. Look, your brain is saying, hold on now. What you're doing is this, but you're claiming you're this. I'm going to go with what you're doing. 
It is a law of the mind that it gradually adapts itself. Did y'all hear that? Adapts itself to the subjects, get this y'all, upon which it is trained. Did, did, did anybody just hear that? Did, what's the key word there? Please talk back to me. Look, Jesus came into my life and I'm going to serve him all my days. And then, do, and then the same dude that you slept with, he, all of a sudden the enemy puts him right in front of you. Ooh. Ooh. You, you felt something. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. I tried to shake him loose, but the blood of Jesus. Ooh. I'm going to join the choir. Okay. Uh, all right, look. Let me, let me tell you something. You have, look. We, I think we just think that Jesus waves a wand over us, and then tomorrow we're like, we serve him. You have to train. I'm talking about P90X. I mean, you, you, got to, you have got to train your brain to experience God. Because your brain don't work like that. All right, let, let, me, let me give you some help here. Let me, let me roll through this stuff. Some of you guys want this, I'll give you a handout. All right? Oh, this is the woman. Thing. Oh, I don't have time. Next week, next week. Ooh, this is some good stuff. Ooh, I gotta go, I gotta go. Oh, wow. Mm, you're killing me. Oh, this is killing me. Oh, man. All right, your brain on porn. All right, number one, this is what porn. Now, when I say porn, please, because I'm not on porn. It doesn't apply to me. When I, when I say porn, that's why I put the word fantasy. Understand now, porn is not, pornography, the word pornography comes from the Greek word, which was, was just porn graphe, which basically means a woman prostitute. The root of it was in some of the sexual cults. Having about, so anyway, pornography had its root in prostitution, all right? So when people willingly, like, they would be shocked in biblical days to see what we do, and we don't even get paid to do it. We, just free, we freely do. I mean, they'd be shocked. I mean, like, they were only doing that stuff either for religion or for money. Many of us just doing it just to get our jollies because our self-esteem is low. We got to have somebody. We just, we're lonely. Got to do something. And then you have, that, you have that guilt after it's over that makes you sick to your stomach. Mm. So here's what happens when we fantasize, when we put our minds on impure things. Number one, watching porn or fantasizing decreases sexual satisfaction. Now, if you read any of these books, listen to any of these secular people out here, they'll tell you, oh, you have to have, you have to, if you want to have a great sex life, then you need porn. How else are you going to know what to do if somebody doesn't show you? Is that dumb or what? What, what do you mean? I don't need nobody showing me what to do. Who's showing, who's showing the dog how to do what he's doing? <laughs> Am I not wiser than the dog? <laughs> Come on in, y'all. Come on in here, y'all. I can figure it out. <laughs> Come on in here. <laughs> Come on in here, somebody. And, 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 I'm, I'm, and the purpose of me being married is to study my wife in my marriage relationship. And guess what? We got a lifetime to figure it out. But watching porn decreases sexual satisfaction. One of the things they're discovering is the more perverted and the more sexual experiences that you've had outside of your marriage relationship, the, the more unsatisfied you will be in your marriage. Let me go to the next one. Watching porn or 
fantasizing, disconnects us from real relationships. Now, I want to make a bold statement right now. A bold statement. Everybody cannot say this. Everybody cannot say this. But you know how there's some dudes that went to prison, and they can say, oh, I know that dude went to prison. You ever heard that before? Dudes that went to prison, they can say, oh, man, he was in prison. I, I, mean, I know a friend of mine, he can point out cats and say, yo, that dude was locked up. He did time. Like, dude, how do you know? I just know. Just knows. I mean, he's right about 90% of the time. You know, dude, I, I, it's, something, it's something they know. I can tell who's looking at porn. <laughs> Especially when it comes to brothers. Let me tell you how I know. One of the things about porn is we begin to objectify women. Men that have a very low view of women are generally men that have had numerical, numerous sexual experiences with women to the point, and this is why God does not want us to do this outside of marriage, because he knows that we will begin to devalue women and see them as objects. Let me just be real tonight. Look, man, when I looked at porn, here's the thing, and this is the thing, it, it, my wife will never say this uh, because she, you know, she's not the upfront person. But when you begin to look at porn or you begin to be in relationships, extramarital relationships, and you're, you're really sexually active and all that kind of stuff, it so jacks up your mind so that when you're finally with the woman or the man that God wants you to be for life, you're so corrupted by your thought process that the woman begins to compare herself to what you saw. Now, can I be real? Can I be real? Can I, can I, can I be real? All right, look, porn is so, is so, look, it is not real. <laughs> it is not real. First of all, it is so, like, it, here's, the, here's the picture. A man makes love to a woman, and he's really not making love. He is violently with this woman. And she's just enjoying it. Wow, wow, wow. Can I give you some information real quick? Some, so just some psychology? Y'all ready for this? It takes the average woman 20 minutes to experience orgasm. Now, <laughs> I can go a whole lot of ways with this right now. The average brother, <laughs> two, two seconds. <laughs> on a good day, come on a second. <laughs> And don't be tired. Amen. Understand. Understand. Understand what I'm saying here now. So, the, so what they sell is instant gratification and that if you just do this position, if you do that position, you'll please your woman. Oh, man. Woo! It's a lie. I'm, I'm connected with a lot of individuals, and, and, we, and, we, and we go around the country, and we do this kind of thing. One of the things you discover, there, there are some young people and some, some sisters and some brothers that were in the porn industry that have come out. One of the things they will tell you is that what you're seeing on TV is not real, number one. Some of y'all turn around, really? For real? I, I saw something. No, it's not real, okay? Now, here's the other thing. A lot of these folk are on drugs just to get themselves to behave the way that they behaved. It is inhuman to do some of the stuff that we're looking at somebody's mama do, somebody's daughter do, somebody's son do on a screen. It ain't real. And if you're married, I know y'all can't say amen on this, so I got to do my, once you become married, you will know what I'm talking about. 
Here, here it is. Let me blow your mind. The real problem with porn is that it is, it's not that it shows too much sex. Watch this, y'all. But it doesn't show enough. Can I break that down? See, what porn shows is the physical positions, technique, somebody hollering, somebody experiencing orgasm, you know, I mean, multiple. <laughs> so, it's a lie. It's all, I mean, it's just, whoa, oh my gosh, wow, is that what it is? Understand this. What they've shown you is a clip, but what they should have showed you is the real thing. What do you mean, Pastor? Sex starts in the kitchen. What do you mean? See, married folk know what I'm talking about. This is why those of you, I'm just, I'm so experienced. I've been out here, I've been with this many women. Look, until you've learned how to serve one woman, a real man is the kind of man that can keep one woman happy for the rest of her life. Can I get a witness in here? <laughs> Anybody can have a one night stand. But to be able to wake up with the same woman every day with kids in your house, I told you, she wakes up, that love cup is full. After, by the time the day is empty, she's on empty. And you ain't cleaned the house, you ain't cleaned the kitchen, you ain't served her, you ain't prayed over her, you ain't blessed her, and vice versa, and vice versa. Do you understand? And vice versa. Come on here, somebody. Understand now, look, everybody that's married knows what I'm saying. This is the lie that they want you to believe, young people, that if you just say, get that moment, get that experience, get that feeling, then you've experienced it. That's not true, because in real life, you can't just have sex with your spouse without doing something before you have sex. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Can I talk to the brothers for a second? Brothers, come on in. You can't be mean to your wife all day then ask her to make love to you. You're stupid. Stupid. Talk about the Bible says that we're not, we're only supposed to withhold from one another when we've given ourselves to praying and fasting. Well, how's it working for you? You have to love on one another. You can't treat one another like objects. Know what I'm saying? See, we have taken a worldly mindset to sex in our Christian marriages, and these Christian brothers and sisters ain't having that. Now, let me take the opposite side. Sisters, you can't be using sex to punish your husbands. The Bible is against you. It does say, it says you are to make love to your spouse. Spouse, come on, say amen. Unless y'all in fasting. <laughs> Somebody said, come on. <laughs> I mean, so whoever said that, they struggled to get that thing out, but they got it out by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. So well, here's my point. My point is, is that porn does not tell the whole story. There is more to sex than two people coming together and then sliming their bodies together and it's over and they have a cigarette. Come on now. That ain't real. And you feel, it's, listen, young lady, you are not going to feel good about yourself if you masturbate, look at porn, send pictures of yourself to other boys and they're sending these photos around to other, you ain't going to, you cannot feel, it's not a, in God's design for you to feel good. You can, that it ends in destruction. You're going to kill yourself one day. I've seen it happen. Are y'all following me tonight? Last one. Or one more. Watching porn lowers our view of women, really of each other. Often pornography and even mainstream media portrays women 
as people who are glad to be objectified. So again, you're looking at porn and the women, oh yeah, I mean the women are just, they love it. They love it. Oh, porn, they love it. That ain't real. It ain't real. No woman likes to be treated like a piece of meat. Quiet up in here. Number four, watching porn desensitizes us to cruelty. Remember Amnon? David's son? Let me stop this here. Amnon became so obsessed with his sister Tamar that he made himself sick. Do y'all remember that? He got himself sick. And then your boy said, your boy said, he said, I need my sister Tamar to come take care of me. Now, because his mind was so jacked up, <laughs> he was really trying to seek an occasion to have sex with his sister. This is in the scriptures. But when she got there, the Bible says, verse 14, but he refused to listen to her. She said, no, we can't do this thing. You're my brother. The Bible says he refused to listen to her, and since he was stronger than she, he raped her. Then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. Amnon said to her, get up and get out. And that's what many of our sisters are experiencing right now. You young girls that want to be sexy, you want to show your behind, you want to show your breasts to get attention from the fellas. I'm telling you right now, he ain't going to marry you. A dude is not going to marry the girl that's too sexy because he don't want to be in a relationship with a sister that he's got to worry about. Oh, come on in here. <laughs> if you want the right dude, cover your behind up. Parents, stop letting these kids come out of here looking like hoochie mamas. That's right. That's right. Mess around and get date raped. Because you got, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Me in this thing. You got, you, next week, there are some people out here, hear me now, this is dead serious, who are so jacked up sexually in their minds. They are waiting, I'm talking about 12, 13, 14 year old kids who look at porn all the time. And, I'm, I'm not, and they're looking at hardcore stuff. They're looking at violence and bondage. And they have gotten possessed. And all it takes is for one opportunity. And all I need to see is your little girl walking around with her behind and her breasts out. And because their mind is already jacked up, they will simply take time and opportunity. And something can happen to your child that you will regret for the rest of your life. I'm telling you what I know. I've had to counsel. You don't want to sit in an office and have to counsel with children that have been raped. And I'm not saying that, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you cause rape. But you got to help some of these brothers out that's struggling. If a man joins our church and he has come out of that lifestyle and he walks up in here on Saturday and he's trying to get his praise on, but he can't because... And brothers, you got sisters that have come out of stuff, come out of relationships, they've been abused by men. And the first day they sat in church, here come your predator behind. Are y'all feeling me tonight? <laughs> we need to be renewed in our minds. Father, tonight. This thing is so serious.
The enemy shows us pleasure, but he hides pleasure behind pain. The consequences of our actions are always hidden by our enemy. But God, I want to thank you tonight. And I know that there's someone in here who feels me on this. My father. Where sin abounds. Grace. Hallelujah. Grace. Grace. Grace.